Hello, Red vs. Blue fans, and welcome back to the uh, the AfterBuzz TV Red vs. Blue After Show. Today we're covering episodes 13 through 16, and we will see you after the opening. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! If you haven't seen Clue, you have no idea what this means. Which means that, obviously... You should see Clue. Back me up here. Yes, that is a fact. Yes, you should yes, do that. You, you, so should, you really should see Clue. We're go- we know who the murderer was, and furthermore, we're going to tell you how it was all done. Step by step. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the AfterBuzz TV Red vs. Blue After Show. We are covering Season 14, Episodes 13 through 16. So we have Death Battle, Meta vs. Carolina, Dawn of Awesome, and that is the title of one episode, Gray versus Gray, Caboose's Guide to Making Friends, and Head Cannon. With me, of course, is the wonderful Megan Salinas. Hey, guys. You can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaje. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. We have the uh, chat live, and it looks like everyone in chat is very happy to be talking about Clue, which is awesome. And we have the hashtag ABTVRVB. If you have something fun to say, if you have a question, if you have a comment, throw it in the chat, throw it in the hashtag. You may well get a shout-out on the air. Mark could not join us tonight. Tweet he's he's just he's super busy. He is swamped. Tweet him your well wishes, tell him you love him, and we will see him back next time. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about that death battle. It's, since Mark's not here, I'm gonna do my best boomstick impression do it, right do now. It. It's time for a death battle. That was terrible. That's that was better beautiful. than I could have done. I couldn't do that. That's Aww. awesome. Aww, and thank Alexis, you, Alexis on the ones and twos, ladies hey, and gentlemen. It's been a while. I'm glad to be back. Oh, yes. We've missed you yes. so it's much. Been a hot minute, but I'm so happy to talk about this death battle. Yes. Death battle. Oh, we this was not released at RTX. I think they released one of the trailers for this at RTX, but there was a ton of talk about it in the screw attack panel. And part of it, it just didn't gel for me that, oh hey, we're doing this. And I'm like, oh, they're doing Meta versus Carolina. That must have been because they teamed up with Rooster Teeth. Oh, it's gonna be part of season 14. <laughs> Took me three weeks to realize that, you guys. You know, it was one of those it didn't, it didn't necessarily sink in for me at first either. I mean, it's it's one of those things because they I mean, they've done a death battle for Ruby, um, but you know, that wasn't canonically yeah, Tifa, yeah. yeah that wasn't part of ruby whereas so. this is canon kind of not really because the meta was already dead but <laughs> but the, the answer to that question is canon which i appreciate so do we want to talk about like their analysis like it was because they one of the big things about death battle is that they look at these fan questions of who would win in a fight which is of course the thing that all nerds do and then they actually try to apply some logic and sometimes even science and math into it what do we think of their assessment of the meta and of carolina i you know i think there's one big chunk that they left out of the metas and that's something that played into the battle itself but that wasn't talked about in the analysis afterwards and that's that if you dangle an AI in front of the meta, he's immediately like, oh, shiny. It's like a meerkat, just up and over. It is literally the carrot on the stick for it him. It really is. It's just, it's just dangling the carrot so that way you can sneak up behind him and beat him with the stick. Like, this has come up in canon more than once. He gets 100% distracted if there's an AI in front of him. 
And that's the only thing that kept Carolina alive because Epsilon basically came out, did a little tap dance and said, look at me, <laughs> not her, me. <laughs> I'm distracting you. I'm distracting you <laughs> because otherwise she would not have won this. And that that was the crux of it in that moment. And I'm disappointed that they left that out of their analysis of the meta's weaknesses and their post-battle analysis because obviously they wrote it in there. I mean, it, it's one of those things where I guess you can't give away your hand too soon because if you if you do, because I think overall with that omission aside, I feel like their analysis was pretty complete. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like they, they got a really good handle on both of these characters' strengths and weaknesses. And, and first of all, it's just nice to see the meta again for a whole, you know, two minutes. <laughs> that theme. Ugh. Them using that it's theme. It's so and good. It, God, just every time that musical cue comes up, it's like, I think I'm gonna die. It still gives me goosebumps <laughs> and makes me so happy. And don't get me wrong, I'm yes. glad the meta's dead, and I'm glad Carolina won, but at the same time, it's one of those things where, and and we've gone over this time and time again, season six is still my favorite season. And so anytime we, we make a return to that, and granted, the meta's gone, we shouldn't, forcefully go back to it but in a con in this sort of context it's great uh and that theme still gives me goosebumps but um but yeah i my back to your original point about them leaving out that bit they don't in their analysis they want to present things i guess as as much on an even keel as they possibly can so the ending of the battle is a surprise exactly if you know for stuff that's shouldn't be a surprise like say any type of character going up against a character from Dragon Ball Z or anybody going up against Superman you want to still give the initial presentation as though these two people are still on a level playing field that it could go either way if you say oh yeah the meta is also super distracted by AI that's giving away the ending but they didn't talk about it afterwards either but I think the more important, yes, it was. Uh, I feel like they didn't need to talk about it. I feel like the thing that they want that they needed to talk about more was the cohesive unit that um, that, that Carolina and Epsilon have formed. You know, they they have become a really solid team together. And this is what and we're wandering way off into AU territory, and I love it here. But Sigma was originally given to Carolina. Could you imagine? I think she what that kept, could have been. <laughs> oh, I think she could have kept him in check. Like, yeah, the first no, they couple could of have pairings been... worked with the psych profiles, and that was the point. I and think she, that if and she said, "I don't Sigma, need it," I, I <laughs> think cheating. if she'd stuck with Sigma, she could have kept Sigma in check, and they would have been terrifying in a completely different fashion. Well, but again, because Project Freelancer was secretly evil, or maybe not so secretly evil, you know. On the one hand, yes, Project Freelancer probably would have run a whole lot smoother. On the other hand, they were an evil organization doing evil things. So had she just accepted it and everything had just kept going smoothly, it probably still wouldn't have... Something terrible would have eventually happened. I'm not saying that everything would have been hunky-dory. Like, we still would have had Epsilon come down the line, and that's a lot harder to cover up. Things would have been very different. I think we wouldn't have had a meta. In any capacity, not in a Carolina becomes the meta capacity, but I don't think the meta as an entity would have existed because I think Carolina has enough force of personality to keep Sigma in check where Maine did not. 
That's not to say that Maine didn't have a personality, but that he functioned very, very differently from Carolina. So you put this burning AI in his head that's all ambition, and that's just not him. That's that's something that, like, Sigma's force of will is overpowering at that point. Yeah, he doesn't think like that. It's like putting Tabasco sauce in peanut butter. <laughs> It's not a thing. What the heck is and that it's, analogy? It's not a thing. They're, they're two great tastes that do not taste great together. You don't do that. Why you would anyone that. try that? And watch, someone's going to try it and send me a tweet. Please uh, don't do that to don't, yourself. Don't, That don't. sounds terrible. Please don't. Guys, um, but, just don't. But, like, as always, the, the animation for this fight sequence was awesome. Oh, yeah. Although I, I want, I do want to ask though, like with the mother of invention, what do you think of like them choosing that as the setting? Is the broken, the crashed, the crash site for the mother of invention that still has power for some reason? I was just sitting there going, "Why did Carolina come back to Sidewinder? Why did she come back to the mother of invention? Why is she running a training sim on the deck of all things? And how is Phyllis still? Th- you know what? Forget it. We just, we just needed a backdrop that we could model." For this fight. This is all hypotheticals except for the conclusion. Well, and again, I I know there was some question as to where in time each of them were being pulled from. And I like that it was Carolina with Epsilon and then the meta as the meta with all of the AI that he had. It's kind of both of them at their prime. you pull them at their best. Exactly. So I I appreciated this. And and I got to say, I do, I, I buy this. I buy this as being the logical conclusion. Yeah, um, Asia in chat says, shh, it's a death battle. Like, yeah, no, that's, that's pretty much how you have to do it. You just kind of take a step back and go, we needed a setting. We needed a reason for them to fight. Okay. There we go. Done. It's like, I've, I've read Care- fan fiction like this before. We need setup in order to actually make this happen, but the setup is not the point. That and... You know, I talked about missing um, the meta a little while ago. I, I've also, it, it didn't hit me until we were actually at RTX and actually interviewing Jen Brown, but I've, I've missed her being Carolina. I know, I know it hasn't been that long since the end of season 13, but like, it feels like it's been forever. How many times have I said I miss Wash? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> He's been in one episode. Yeah, for and, like three seconds, and and yeah, we haven't heard her since the very beginning of this season, and even then, it was just very briefly. Yeah, so, so it's, it, they grew on us. We love them, and now it's like we've got a we've got a lot of blood gulch just being blood gulch, which has been a ton of fun. But we do really miss our freelancers, just there's, in general. There's just no pleasing us because we're like we miss blood gulch, and then when and we then get they give blood, us a blood, ton of blood we gulch. miss the freelancer. <laughs> Um, well, I, I like I am completely biased because I've said this more than once. Wash is my favorite character. I, so I it's think like, part of it, part of it too, for me is that um, we were as as great as the Freelancer trilogy was, or the Merc trilogy was. Sorry, um, as great as that was, we were all expecting it to be the story of Carolina and York, you know, at the club. We and were expecting so, Herrera. Exactly. Um, so I'm very satisfied that we got to see Carolina doing what Carolina does best oh, and yeah. just being a badass. Well, and great. given how they framed the initial trailer for season 14, they wouldn't have given us all those freelancer voices if they weren't going to actually give us freelancers. They love doing the dance puppet dance thing, but they're not cruel like that. 
That's they true. Just, so it's coming down the line. I'm sure it's coming down the line. We have a whole bunch of people who were in that credits reel who haven't had their episodes out yet. So it's going to happen. I'm sure it's going to happen. It's just been a real long time, guys. And I did my waiting. It's 12 years of it and Azkaban, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Not to, not to jump ahead, like, at all. But also, you know, just having Epsilon for a little bit, given that his fate for the end of season 13 is ambiguous. He's gone. He's gone. But, like, we don't know what kind of effect that's leaving on the re- on the characters he's left behind. Yeah. And so seeing him back with Carolina and then getting the Caboose episode, which we'll talk about in a bit, but having those two things, you know, if you're watching all four of these at once, like like we do to refresh for these after shows, oh, man, it's, it's a little bit of a gut punch. Well, and even little bits of headcanon where we have Alpha. Yeah. For just that short bit of time, and his head is sidewinder, and it's like, oh, well, I'm not okay with anything right now. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Let's let's talk about the framing of the death battle a little bit, okay? Because we got we got it in Blood Gulch, and we started with the we started with the classic pan up to Griffin Simmons, and instead of you ever wonder why we're here, which is what we expect with that scene, you ever wonder who'd win in a fight? No. <laughs> It's nerds on the internet. <laughs> nerds on the internet. It's like, yeah, but that's all of us. <laughs> like it, and and maybe it's just because we we get to talk to the cast and crew a little bit more often than a lot of other fans do. Yeah, but and granted, we don't get to talk. We're not like besties or anything like oh, that. Oh, we're totally but. besties. I was over at their house last night in Austin. No. <laughs> But, like, you do have to resist that initial... So who would win in a fight? Because that is the go-to nerd question. Oh, God, the go-to... Like, who would win in a fight... Who would you want to date? Which that's a minefield, you guys. That that God with with shippers, that's a minefield to ask people. What would their pet be like? Or just what would, who's your favorite? That, who's your favorite? Who's the favorite person that you voice? Like, just have them pick children. Why don't you? So it's yep. <laughs> it's hard to get beyond the initial questions, and so we have death battle to sit there at the initial question and just break it down and be like, okay, well, we're gonna answer that. And I loved the the going through with everybody and the the realization that Griffin Simmons didn't know Carolina was the that director's made daughter. Me so happy and that Allison was her mother. It's <laughs> just the you know what? In retrospect, this makes so much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> remember it's when we totally just to, obvious. Remember when we used to just sit around and talk? <laughs> I, I loved the bit with testing science on Griff, testing the dome shield, and then Caboose going, science is fun, and Simmons, I've said it for years! <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of the back and forth in, yeah. with the Blood Gulch characters was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. The framing of this was really well done. Uh, uh, this, I guess, simulation, I suppose. Good enough. Um, yeah, the framing was you great. And then Command's Best is just a step above incompetent. And not to mention that it doesn't take long to see the, start seeing the similarities between Boomstick and Sarge. Oh my god, oh yes. My and that's how you gosh. spell your name in Buckshot. Like, that is my favorite... <laughs> It's canon. I don't care. <laughs> it's canon. That Boom is the hill I will die on. Attack is the son of Sarge from Red vs. Blue. I'm done. I'm done. 
it, it is the canon that I never knew I wanted. I never asked for it, but it showed up, and I will happily adopt it and make it my own. I concur with that assessment. Oh my god, because it's just beautiful. Yay! <laughs> Alexis, did you get a chance to see the death battle? No, I only saw a piece of it. Oh, well, when you get a chance. It. No, yeah. It's, it's, it's on my computer still at home, just waiting for me when I get off of work. It's so <laughs> girl. Yeah. So good, girl. I know, I'm so excited. These have all been really good. And, and just poking the fourth wall for the framework for all of this, where did you get all this footage? Have you been spying on us? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, if canonically speaking, they're from command. It makes some sense. <laughs> Not a ton, but some. You know you're right. <laughs> I Wait, didn't even, are you, are I you, did not even think of that. Wow. <laughs> you yeah. know what my last couple of weeks well, have been like. Again, it doesn't make complete sense because there's no way they could have gotten footage for everything. Yes, but for Blood Gulch, it makes good enough yes. sense. There we go. And the thing with Blood Gulch is that it's always just good enough. Yep. There you go. And it's just the. It's our job to analyze their weapon strategies. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> Just every time that someone kind of steps back and peers over the fourth wall and goes, really? Really? We're doing this? We're doing this. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's always fun when, when a show acknowledges when someone turns to the camera and they're like, what are you looking at? <laughs> Who are you talking to? Just like turns to the camera like they're on the office. Yes, thank you, Asia. I have a great realization face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm really tired, guys. It's been a long Work week. Work went crazy. Yeah, do we have anything? I, the other thing I want to bring up is the um, starting off the death battle, talking about who gets to pick the movie. And uh, Epsilon talking about action movies being, yeah, everyone talks in one-liners, the plot is non-existent, and it seems like the characters are just there to beat the hell out of each other. And I'm like... Hang on! <laughs> lamp shading just Seriously. ever so slightly. He's just wearing that lampshade at that point. Like, and here it is. I'm going to tip it to the audience. He and tipped it to go. the audience and then he threw it at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but um, And missed completely. <laughs> because, because he can't he's aim. Church. He can't because he's aim. A, the only church oh. that can aim is Carolina. Well, I've text. But, like, that's a version of church. Well, she, mar- she married into the church. There you go. We're talking, like, actual church. <laughs> Biologically go. church. There you go. Um, but, Feel yeah. Like a cologne or something. Biologically church. Oh, that's weird. That's I don't like that. Um, <laughs> but I do want to bring up one other thing about the death battle was the song that they used during the fight. Yes! Slingshot, I believe you By said. By Trocadero. By Trocadero. So good! I guess we tried to find it and open this episode with it and like, oh yeah, the uh, the soundtrack's not out for season 14 yet because season 14's not over. Oops. So we went with the Clue music because... Clue is wonderful, and now I just want to watch it again. Oh, any time's a good time to watch Clue. Any time. It's pretty glorious. So speaking of Clue, should we move on to the mystery? Gray versus Gray. I have to say that I loved starting with the black and white and red all over joke, but that's also because I'm like, you know, a sunburned panda. Yesterday's newspaper. There's like six punchlines to this. You want to know what the most grim uh, punchline for that joke I've ever heard? What? Um, Or for that quote-unquote riddle uh a zebra in a blender yeah i've heard that i've heard red and green and going 60 miles an hour and that's a frog in a blender 
<laughs> Gotta go fast. <laughs> but, yeah. but gray versus gray. And I, I appreciate Vic going, you know what? Actually, that punchline doesn't make any sense until, until, <laughs> until you, you see, see the episode. And I this one, this was my least favorite of this particular set. And I think you, you pointed this out to me, and I think you're probably right about this, is that every time we've gotten a group of idiots that isn't our group of idiots, I'm less interested and then I don't grow to love them over the course of the episode because it's like, okay, new people. Why should I like you? Well, and to be fair, it took a long time for, for like, I thought the first season of Red vs. Blue was hysterical, but it wasn't until about probably midway through the season before I actually started caring about them. Yeah, and the first um, season of Red vs. Blue was absolutely just great. Yeah, in terms of comedy. Yeah. Um and then at towards the very end when they're when they're more, you know, forming their story and everything like that, that's when you start to make connections with these characters as characters and not just little, you know, bobblehead yeah. machinima puppets, I suppose you could say. It's like, "Oh, I actually give a damn." Yeah. Well, and, all right. But like I said, that first episode you know, depending on your sense of humor, you either love it or you hate it. And if this is, and same with the Funhouse episodes, if this isn't your sense of humor, you're not going to war, like, one or two episodes isn't necessarily enough to be really endeared to these people as characters. Well, and I liked the gimmick that it was shown in gray and that all of them were colorblind. And so obviously with the joke, the going theory is that they're all reds and, you know, command is a bunch of assholes, which obviously <laughs> like i i liked that as a setup but the execution was just kind of okay 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 well it does seem okay and odd it seems like a good setup for a lot of like situational humor and like misdirect and things like that it's a it's not as as strong of a setup um, for a murder mystery, and which yeah. is what this episode is, because the fact of the matter is, when this person died, the lights were out. So, color the color of the perpetrator doesn't matter, and maybe that's part of the out. point. Uh, but yeah, when the when the deed was actually done, the lights were out. Nobody actually saw what happened, even yeah. though they were all. Although I do love the twist that they it, they went the clue route. And they all did it. <laughs> See, I just love the conversation about red, the color of tomatoes, celery, and the ocean. Celery's purple. <laughs> I, I watch a lot of Top Chef. I watch too much Top Chef. But at one point, they had a challenge where each chef got a color, and they had to make a dish that was entirely in that color. One of the chefs was colorblind, and they Dang. gave him purple. So he picked out an eggplant, oh. and he's like, you know what? People tell me that eggplants are purple, so I'm just going to make sure that everything I do matches this eggplant. And I think he came in, like, second place on that challenge, or he might have won, because he made a really good dish, but it was just like, I can't see purple. I don't know what it I is. I don't know what color this good is. Good enough. I don't <laughs> so know what color this is. <laughs> and I thought that was one of the best, you know, reality being stranger than fiction. Even though reality TV is fiction, yet da, da 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 Still, I thought that was a really funny way to go about it. That is a that is a great setup again for situational humor. Yeah. Um, I I will say I loved the character voices that they gave. I couldn't tell you who was who, and having watched this episode two three times, I could not tell you who was who. Reg was the which, girl again. And part Hutch, of the point. And Hutch was voiced by Ross because this was the Game Grumps episode. And the only reason I knew that was because it was pretty much the papyrus voice, and I was just real happy to hear that, and then he died. I was, like, was it Ross doing that? 
It had to have been. These were the game grumps. I know, but like, did you look at the credits I'm to make sure? I'm pretty sure it was him. Who else does that? <laughs> I'm pretty the sure it was him. so much. I'm pretty sure it but was But yeah, I, I do love, I loved the character voices. I loved the guy that sounded like Skeletor slash Papyrus slash a mobster. I think that was <laughs> yeah. Hutch. Yeah, I see, think, yeah. <laughs> I think Wynn was the one with the ever-changing, I should have been in command, just listen to my accent. Like, I don't know. Names, guys. I got nothing. I know that Reg was the girl and, and Hutch was Papyrus. And one That's of them seemed to be channeling uh, Cecil Baldwin from the host of Night Vale. Yeah, very Night Vale. Excellent. <laughs> I don't have a deep enough voice to do a good impression. Excellent. <laughs> I got nothing. I, it just. Eh. I think the there was... lineup was funny because they were all dumb enough to go for it and then be like, wait a minute. Why isn't this working? <laughs> um, like I said, a lot of, again, it's one of those things where if it's not your sense of humor, it's not going to land for you. If it is, you'll enjoy it. But it's still not a ton of time to get attached to these characters as characters. And given that you're they're only here for an episode and then they're dead, you know, you're not necessarily supposed to get attached to them, I guess. Well, and that's what happens with the Funhouse episode. We had them for two episodes and then they just got wiped off the face of the planet. Like... Is this how we do cleanup afterwards? I, I yeah, think, okay. I, I I wonder if like part of the point isn't that isn't that like all the other simulation troopers are so like the the group that we had at Blood Gulch is like a magical combination. Yeah. Because not only do they somehow manage to not kill each other, they also manage to take down all these tyrannical authority figures and accomplish these great things. Well, and the Blood Gulch group started off as hand-picked. Flowers picked them, and then Caboose and Donut coming in were both accidents, and somehow that just worked out. And that just happened to be the magic sauce that mm-hmm. <laughs> made everything work, that yep, somehow made it so that they didn't mine. all kill each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think maybe that's part of the point, is that these guys are special, um, because every other group of reds and blues and or all reds and or all blues somehow end up killing each other as a result of these simulations and manipulation from command. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm looking way too much into it, but what that's kind of what we do. Like, What happens if they're colorblind and we give them color-based prejudices anyway? Well, people are stupid, so... You know what this sounds like? This sounds like a vault experiment. Um, from Fallout. You know, vault is the company that, oh, that created yeah. <laughs> all the vaults, and they didn't do it to save humanity. They did it to uh, perform horrible experiments on people. And just just because. And so that this sounds exactly like a vault experiment. I mean, we are talking about Project Freelancer. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. It would not so. surprise me if there's not some connection between the guys who work at vault and the guys who work at Command. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> vault Project Freelancer, Command, Aperture Science. Yes, I was thinking about Portal the entire time. Who would win? Or who We're is, doing our own uh, death battle. Who here. is the worst? <laughs> who is the worst of the worst? Who is the best at being the worst? We throw, should throw it in the hashtag. Give me your best arguments. I want to see this. We afterwards. should put a poll up. When this is done, oh, yeah, I'm going to put a poll, poll up on the ABTV. We should. On uh, the, yeah. the Rooster Team account. Aperture is your vote? Yep. I, I'm going to go with Voltec. 
because they they did their uh, their experiments on civilians. Uh, at least go. for Aperture, I feel like you had to sign a That's waiver. That's right, you did. Have and to I'm going to come down right. on Freelancer because they literally blew up Florida. <laughs> Those ah. monsters. Ah. Earth That's was already true. a target from the Covenant, and they just went in and wiped out a major population center. But like, it's also Florida. Florida. I mean, so... But how many people do you think were vacationing there at the time? Mm. And it is where Disney World yeah, is. Yeah, Disney World. Yeah, pretty, okay. so they you killed Florida for the sake of, of there's 49 agents. Oh, poor Florida. Oh, they they killed Florida for the sake of covering something up that was Which, really stupid. I feel like they didn't need to. No, <laughs> no they it didn't. It feels like a really but the arbitrary thing is to say. <laughs> the counselor and the director. <laughs> so we have that. We've got Okay. I'm still going with Voltec, though. Any final thoughts on Gray versus Gray? Um, just that I love murder mysteries, and it is a shame that some of the humor didn't land with this one, especially with a group of really funny people. Um, but I, but at the end of the day, like there were still parts that made me laugh, and I, I love murder mysteries, so I'll probably still go back to this one. I just loved stars aren't planets. Yes, they are big glowing planets. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Caboose's Guide to Making I don't know friends. if we're emotionally prepared to talk about this one, Katie. I love the beginning. I loved where we get this nice little tease about, I'm going to show you the origin of, and then Caboose walks in. How'd you get in? The window. He's talking about the window that was in the trailer for there this There was a season. door next to the broken window. There was a door next <laughs> to the broken window, and I'm just like... So is if Vic in the Twilight could, Zone? <laughs> if anyone could fourth wall like that, it's Caboose. He's the only one that's aware they're in a game. Yep. <laughs> that is true. And he kind of treats everyone. Things I'm quoting from past red versus blue panels at RTX. He's the only one that's aware that they're all in a game. And he kind of treats everyone else like they're cats. <laughs> And Shut if you, up, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And if you haven't ever lived with a cat, volunteered at a cat shelter, known cats, they do their own thing, and sometimes they act like they know what they're doing, and sometimes they fall down the stairs, get up, lick their paws, and go, I was planning that the whole time. Well, and not like, to mention, sometimes it would... Just, Stupid. If but Caboose, they act like they're not. If Caboose really does see everybody else in Blood Gulch as cats, that totally explains his intelligence level. Because there's an XKCD comic that <laughs> actually you charts out your 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 level your IQ in terms of your proximity to a cat. And the closer you get to a cat, the further your IQ sinks because it just you're a key. So if anyone actually follows my Tumblr, there's a reason that my Tumblr tag for cat pictures and videos is you're a kitty. Like, it's that comic. So I want a shirt with Caboose and petting cats that look like everybody. And she's like, you're a kitty! As long as the kittens don't have spikes, because that makes him angry. Nope, yeah, no spikes. Kittens with spikes. Uh... Although I will say, um, when they you when this Katie. when this animation initially started, really first of all, it's just adorable. It's so cute, Set- and then the sound design with the little squeaks every time someone sits down. Ah! Yeah, not gonna lie. Back when I was still drawing terrible fan art, um, I did draw like a, a picture of the red and blue team, like as chibis like with Adorable. with their helmets on so they're just bobbleheads but mm-hmm. it wasn't very good but it reminded me of that sort of you know you give them a big head their little like powerpuff girl arms it's so cute it was absolutely adorable and it, it took me a minute to go oh making friends he's literally making for okay okay 
Because he's like building friend material. Them. Cotton is soft, but also catches on fire. Like, Which, spiders aren't good friend material. How, at what point did he think spiders could help me make, a, <laughs> could help me make something for Epsilon? He's trying to Cinderella it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll go with that. True. I'll go with there, that. There we go. That's like a fairy so tale. spiders not being good friend material and all of the, you can make friends and then you have a best friend that you can talk to about everything. And then he started talking about, and sometimes you lose friends. And I just... Oh, I was not expecting the sudden feels. I think we were all expecting a caboose episode. You know, it's going to be light and funny and animated and crayon. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I forgot that he's actually deep and very emotionally aware. Shoot. And that this episode was written by Miles Luna. (laughs) That was the best reaction. You monster. (laughs) I but, went nonverbal because otherwise we'd be marked explicit. But no, no, and, I know. and I imagine Caboose is a very difficult character to write for. He is. In terms of like writing for him well. I've seen, and the thing is, I've seen people write, well, write him well, and I've seen people write him poorly. And it's just a matter of what you come down on and whether or not you really grasp what kind of character he is. He is one of the most difficult Blood Gulch characters to kind of get your mind around because it's so easy to just be like, oh, he's dumb and occasionally he's the says dumb funny one. things and yeah. is really strong. And it's like, no, he is extremely emotionally aware. The, I am an emotional time bomb. Like, yeah, no, that that's a thing. And that's actually very aware. And again, very perceptive, you know, because of so because so much of what he says is nonsense that when he actually has some really good insight, he gets dismissed as just you're just talking more nonsense. When he has hit the bullseye on more multiple occasions yeah. but gets like dismissed every single time because they're like shut up. Cuz again, he's vaguely aware of the fourth wall. He knows they're all in a game. Yeah. So that and that's that's kind of a weird thing to keep well, in mind. And and anytime we talk about not only Epsilon again in the wake of uh season 13, but talking about Alpha too because the end of season 6 marked the end of Alpha and Alpha Church is my favorite character. And so it's 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 heartbreaking because he's been dead for a long time. Yeah. It's, it's such a bummer and it's something that Caboose clearly never really got over. Oh, no. Rosanna in the chat says, Miles is why we can't have nice things. (laughs) Miles gives us many, many nice things, but boy, do we pay for them. (laughs) There's always a cost. No. Magic always has a cost. (laughs) No, here's the thing is that, yeah, when we say, oh, Miles, how dare you, or Miles, you mom, we're kidding. Because what he's done is he's written something very emotionally poignant. And it's not one of those, like, just writing something. It's not, like, emotionally manipulative, and it's not, yeah. like, shock value either. Because there's it's, a point where you hit soap opera, and it's like, oh, we have drama for the sake of drama, and we're going to make you sad. And I've watched stuff like that, and, and it just... Oh. And granted, all film and television and all that stuff is emotionally manipulative to an extent, but there's exploitation, and a lot yeah. of shows do horrible things to horrible characters just to be like, ooh, we're shocking you, and things like that. And we could, we've actually hosted shows about shows that do that. Um, but 
yeah, seeing something like this, it's not that we're mad, Miles. It's just that you did your job very, very well. Yes. And we appreciate you doing your job very, very this well. This is an episode that not only understands the character, but understands where the series is at this point and where the fan base is at this point. Like, this is an episode that 100% gets it in that way that Caboose does. Yeah. And so it's just this episode's really good, you and, guys. Yeah, and and I, I missed who said it in the chat earlier, but um just someone said that they loved the message of this. And that's true because um, you know, you you will lose friends in your life, but yeah. you know, you can always make new ones. And that's not to say that friends are interchangeable or anything like that. But caboose doesn't have to be heartbroken forever because yeah. he lost Alpha and because he's lost Epsilon. He has this network of people. He has a family still of yeah. all these people that he's made friends with. And we have that bit at the end with, you know, Wash and Tucker coming in and helping him up and all of the people from Chorus showing up. And it's 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 an uplifting message at the end, even and if him it really does hurt to get there. Being able to pick up the pieces and make something new. Yeah. Yeah, really, really great stuff. I think we've talked about the episode for longer than the episode actually was. That's that's okay. The episode is like five minutes. And again, for it was, anybody... It was a very poignant five minutes. For anybody who has lost a friend, this is something that can resonate with you emotionally. And Miles, not to get too real, understands that. He, he knows what that feels like. And so the end of this episode is very meaningful. I guess they showed this episode at the Ruby Volume 2 screening. Did they? Neither of us were able to go because that was when our last after show was for Red vs. Blue. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that dear God. What yeah. a good episode. Very good What a good episode. episode. I, I would just... posit that that is the best of the bunch that we're covering this week. Absolutely. As much as I absolutely freaking loved that death battle. Yeah. No, the, and there were, these were really good episodes. I feel like we say that every time. There were, there were really good episodes, but yeah. some are just at a, at a different caliber. And granted, we can't em- expect the death battle to be like super emotionally deep oh, no. either. That's not what it's for. No. But like this, for, for an episode that should have, that could have just been, oh, isn't Caboose so silly and dumb? It really, it really was very poignant and very meaningful and very emotionally effective. It was an episode that got it, written by someone that got it. And I just, this animation, simple design so and simple animation are some of the hardest things to do. It is so, so difficult to mimic the design and the animation and whatnot of younger kids because we have more context, because we have more knowledge, because we have, you know, more experience. It's very hard to go back there and do what would a kid actually do as opposed to what would an adult think that a kid does. Like, they're very, very different, which is the difference between a well-written child character and a brat of a child character, Mm. which is all kids do that. No, honey. So this is very difficult to do. I just want to say kudos to the animators, kudos to the design, kudos to all of that. It was so well done and so cute mm-hmm. that you noticed it. And then as the episode went on, it didn't detract. 
Yeah. It, it just the whole package worked really, really well. And and Red versus Blue does this a lot. Like when the laughs are really good, the emotional punches hit that much harder. And vice versa, when the emotional punches are really hitting hard, the laughs end up hitting a lot harder too. So like again, really good balance of comedy and drama in something that could have been a throwaway episode. Yes. Just oh so good. All right. Hitting the last one. I was going to say, do you mind if I just crawl under this table and cry we're for just like lie here the next like... ten minutes? <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to talk about head cannon for Yay! a while. And I, the uh, the title is a pun. I'm so happy. This is Barb's Ooh. episode. This was written by Barbara. Yes. 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 I don't approve of the yes. pun. But... I love O'Malley. And again, talking about characters that we've missed, I've missed O'Malley. And not to mention that I the, the finale for Blood Gulch was fantastic. The like, O'Malley finale? That's goodbye, a, everyone. That's not a pun. It rhymes. Goodbye, everyone. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. It's been fun hosting this show. No, um, but the... Um, <laughs> thank you, Alexis. <laughs> but the the whole thing about O'Malley is he was such a fascinating character, and Matt played him so well with the whole, you know, Doc being like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yes. It was so good, and I have missed that version of O'Malley so much. Because we have something kind of like that in season 13, because Doc, poor Doc, just, people should not <laughs> live in hammer space. That's not supposed to happen. But, but yeah, it's it was great hearing the O'Malley voice come back for that, but having that as like a manifestation of your own internal stuff is one thing. Having it be the character is another, and oh, it was yeah. nice seeing that AI come back, Omega. Yes. And so I loved great. the Lord Satan Von kills a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I did that on a bumper sticker. And it, you know, it is true that throughout all of Blood Gulch, we never got to look into anybody else's mind besides Caboose. And so it was nice getting to see into everybody else's headspace a little bit. I, I did like the you know three and a half seconds that we got in Caboose's headspace because it was oh I missed this. I forgot how much fun this was. Like. I think the only person whose headspace we've actually seen is Wash. And those were just those. Yeah. It was ugly. Anyway. But yeah. <laughs> we caught it for a hot second and it was in I am Agent Washington. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I like, yeah. I know you which one you're I mean. talking about, but. <laughs> Freelancer powers activate. You actually act a lot like you do on the, the outside. outside. <laughs> Put them in a folder marked secrets because everyone knows that that is the best way to keep secrets. <laughs> but don't tell anyone. <laughs> oh. yep. But getting to getting to look inside um, Simmons' head. Let's knock him out one by one. Let's talk about Simmons. He's got a, a bookshelf and a bust of Sarge. <laughs> and Sarge is his biological father. Sarge is his biological in father. In his mind. And Griff, oh, just, Lord. I'm pretty sure I disrespect you behind your back, but I can't prove it. And then walking away, I disrespect you. <laughs> <laughs> Pay no attention to him. <laughs> Take his coat and catch him a glass of our finest Irish whiskey. <laughs> so Your which, finest Irish whiskey is probably Irish mist, and well, that's not whiskey. he's Dutch-Irish, remember? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> but it is, it is, it, it's kind of nice getting this other side, because Simmons thinks of himself as an intellectual, and as, you know, 
more sophisticated than the people he's surrounded by, when clearly that's not the case. He's just a bundle of insecurities. I mean, he's smart. A lot of it is more, he has a high intelligence score and a low wisdom score. A lot of book smart, not a heck of a lot of common sense. And he doesn't test well. Because apparently he doesn't do well with timed exams. Because I guess (laughs) learning disabilities are just not a thing in the future. It's it's the army and it's freelancer. Fair enough. (laughs) Question mark. I don't know. I just don't even know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Simmons. So he decides, yeah, we're going to work with O'Malley. We're going to do this. I said yes. And then O'Malley's like, oh, thank God I can leave. (laughs) Exit. And just that bit. This is just like that time with your dad. (laughs) Wow. Which, again, father issues. It makes total sense. On one hand, ow. On the other hand, I laughed. (laughs) It was. I mean, comedy is cruelty. (laughs) And then Caboose is just being Caboose because Caboose. Donuts headspace, I swear, oh my god, the sparkle he filter, sparkled. the stage, the canned applause, and just my lightish red head. Don't ever call it that again. Well, the cool kids call it the donut hole. I'm gonna go and kill the cool kids. I laughed for a solid minute <laughs> after that. And then the episode ended, and I was still sitting there laughing about the cool kids call it the donut hole. I don't know why that one got me. I have no idea it's why so that silly. was what got me. Sorry, Alexis. I said it's just really silly. It That's really why. Is. It's very silly. It's the very silly. It the donut hole. Yep, puns. As puns I say, did you hear days. the rest of the episode <laughs> over your fits of laughter? I did. I was doing that very silent laughter. Or you're obviously still dying, but there's no noise coming out. You're hunched over, and there's just no sound <laughs> yep, escaping. That's the best laugh. There's a video going up tonight. You can all watch it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Then we head over to Sarge, and Sarge's head is a war zone, which makes perfect sense. And my favorite bit of that is just and senility is trying to overtake the hippocampus. I'm like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Explo- it makes total sense that Sarge's head is just covered in explosions. It, it really does. And then just like the slew of griffs. What are those? Stress relief. Just a lot of it was pretty straightforward, but the jokes were just, they were so on point. They were. Like the, the humor in this episode, um, especially given the the emotional punch from the from last week's, um, the the. Com- the comedic timing in this one was so well done. And anytime we return to Blood Gulch, if you can't hit those comedic beats, you're dead in the water. Yeah, exactly. And Barb nailed it. She really she did. Really did. Oh, these were all wonderful. Griff's head, of course, has nothing in it except for Simmons being a butt. Eh, can't be bothered. <laughs> they like me better. <laughs> eh, who cares? Yeah. Get out of here, you. And then he goes into Church's head. And all it is is just white and snow. I'm pretty sure it's Sidewinder. And he descends down. It just this flash of light pretty much goes, oh, you want to take over? Okay, sure, whatever. Which Really? Yeah, I have done this for so long. I just can't even be bothered to care anymore. If you want it, it's yours. He's just tired. Uh, but you know it was funny because when O'Malley in you know the Blood Gulch finale was hopping from person to person I kept going ooh 
oh, I can't wait to see what happens if he hops into church because church was, you know, he he was a very angry person. Yeah. And so I figured that sort of mix would have been very volatile. And, like, honestly, the funniest thing that they could have done was to have him have no reaction. And then they made it a plot point later on. And that was yep. one of those retroactive, oh, snap sort of things. But actually getting to see what's going on in this headspace of two AI units being reunited, it's, again, they don't know it for some reason. I um, think Omega knows because he was, no, he wasn't no. being used to help. I'm mixing up my things. But yeah, he he didn't know and in this definitely moment. He might yeah. have known it after the fact. Um, True. But yeah, getting getting removed after getting removed from it, like it might have been one of those things where it sunk in, and then when he got re when he got acquired by the meta, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we got to go back there. It felt right being there. It just felt right at, being whole. Just pointing at Sigma. You've been holding out on me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this because you don't feel bad for O'Malley. Ever in the entire series. You feel bad for Doc, but you never feel bad for O'Malley except in that sort of, he's an ineffectual supervillain sort of way. It's a very ha-ha sort of thing. Exactly. But we Um, were just talking about how for this, it's the better the jokes are, the more the feels hurt. And the more the feels hurt, the better the jokes are. Case in point. Exactly. Case in point. This episode was hilarious. And then you just kind of hit the brakes and go... And oh. you know it's coming, too. So, like, getting to see this moment, it, yeah, it packs quite a punch. Yeah, super good. Well done, Barb. Well done. Well yes. done. Well done, everyone. <laughs> yeah, God, just this whole so thing. so good. Really oh. good. I'm in pain. I think this is what pain feels like, et cetera, et cetera. Do you have any final thoughts on headcanon? Um, just that it's nice to go back to Blood Gulch every now and then. Um, and I... Don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's nice seeing the, these characters that are no longer with us. Yeah. We got three instances of church over these past four episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, and Tex and, and O'Malley, and yeah, it's it's just nice seeing them. Yeah. Huh. <sighs> so many feels. Yep. Quit so making us feel feels. things, oh guys. Oh, my God. Why are there so many emotions? Stop it. Stop it. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, just... I'm out of feels. I'm dying. So many feels. Do we have anything? All right. So, because we're on a little bit of a delay with chat, Chad, if you have any final comments, anything that you want us to talk about, now would be the time to let us know. Um, So start throwing that in chat now. In the meantime, I want to talk to you guys about iTunes. Can you you do the thing? I have it already pulled up. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who has left us a review. We absolutely adore you people. And the best thing that you can do for us if you want to keep this after show on the air, go on to iTunes, subscribe. If you do After Buzz Red vs. Blue, it shows up. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast. uh, Leave a rating, preferably five stars. And leave a review and just let us know what you think because our producers do go on to these reviews and they do take a look and if they see, oh look, a whole bunch of people really like this after show, we should keep it, then they'll keep it and we'll get to come back and it'll be great. So, who do we have? I don't remember. it's rem- been like a month. I was going to say, I don't remember the last time we actually read these off because did we read these off last time? I don't know if we did. Um, okay, I'm going to go with... Um, this is all of August. And I was going to say, because I see March so hit the 31st. end of June. Okay. 
Um, because there are few here. There are a few here from uh, the beginning of June. I'll go ahead and read because I don't remember if we read those. Or I not. think we did those. I don't think we did end of June. All right, if we're just doing. Because there's nothing from the end of June, but we do have something from July. Do it. So I'm going to just say, in case we missed it, um, Artful Mexican had to say, from robots to freelancers, five stars. Great show from Brumby13, five stars. Amazing show. Coley Shans, also five stars. Thank you, guys. And then uh, the latest one we've gotten is I Like the Podcast from Rex9460. This is a great podcast, and I love the guest. Keep up the great work. Thank you, guys. So, so you guys so are much. wonderful human beings, and we adore you. Thank you so much. You guys much. are and the best. Yeah, if you leave a review, it gets read out on the air. So we meet every four weeks. Um, I don't know how many episodes we have this season. I don't know I if next. No idea. I don't know if next time is going to be our next episode or not. If someone wants to tweet us and say we have twenty, we have twenty-two, we have twenty-four, we have eight billion. Yeah. Well, I know we don't have eight season billion, fourteen but. will never end. <laughs> Yeah, so it, I've quoted Asia like three times. You just keep catching my eye tonight. Uh, is there anything to be mined from Simmons being Griff's only production, or am I just, or am I a desperate shipper at heart? Uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah, that's the best I got for that one. They're in love. Six of if one. only they could see it. <laughs> six of one, half a dozen of the other. Let's be real. They're an old married couple. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. I could I could see it, but I could also just see it as them just hating each other. <laughs> I, I'm I am down. I honestly think that in terms of that episode, it's just Griff being that lazy and Simmons being that much of a constant, and well, he's not going to bring Sarge well, in. Sarge tries to kill him. And again, you have to take it in context of when in the timeline this was. Yeah, way so, back when. Yep. Okay, Beast Wars fan in the chat says we have three more episodes. Oh. Can you do me a favor? Can you tweet me if we have confirmation for that? If it was in an interview, if it was, I, links or it didn't happen, basically. I hesitate to quote something without actual Cite word your of backup. Cite your sources. Thank you. That's the phrase I College was College taught for. me to do that. College taught me a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, do you have any final thoughts on, uh, I keep saying this week's episodes, this month's episodes? Just that, again, really great set of episodes, um, emotionally resonated, really good stuff. The Death Battle had amazing animation. Um, kudos to the animation team. Kudos to all of the writers this time around, and the, the performances were great. Um, just all in all, this was this was a good this was a good set of episodes, and I'm gonna go curl up in a corner and cry. <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah, I'm just gonna find a corner and lie down and die here. Let's let's do that. Let's do that. Um, Arlen in the chat says there's like five people who haven't had their episodes yet, so I doubt that there's three. Yeah, so if you guys, if anyone has a link for an interview or for anything with an exact number, please tweet me. And please tweet us the link, like, like actual confirmation, because, again, the citing of the sources. And we'll be putting up a poll soon to see who is the most evil scienti scientific organization. We will. Aperture so Freelancer. Follow, <laughs> so follow ABTV Rooster Team, that's T-E-A-M, because we are the Rooster Team, ladies and gentlemen. And the poll will be on that Twitter. You should follow it anyway, because that's where we talk about all of our AfterBuzz Rooster Teeth stuff. Yay! Yay! 
Yeah. Oh, Alex Show Productions has a list. Bernie, Matt, Trocadero, Ready Player One. Uh, yeah, Ernest Klein, which I'm really looking forward to. Immersion, iZombies creator. Shannon's has an episode, hasn't aired yet. That's true, too. So we're probably looking at at least 24 episodes. So maybe Possibly. half a dozen left? I don't know. Eight. Oh, okay, there we go. Ish. Maybe. I don't Question know. Question mark. We're not sure. So, yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching tonight. Thank you for all of your input. Thank you, chat and Twitter. You have both been super active. That's super great. Megan, where can the people find you? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheManguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I write articles for the movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. I was actually also on the Adam Ruins Everything red carpet last week. Uh, they just premiered season two, so if you want to go ahead and watch those interviews, they are up on AfterBuzz uh, TV's YouTube channel. Go check those out. And you can follow Mark on Twitter at MarkBDonica. And I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also on Snapchat at Kia Prime. YouTube is mostly reaction videos and vlogs, so if you like watching my face while I watch these things, if you want to see me laughing and or in a lot of pain, that's where to go. Uh, we are on the Voltron After Show. That is on Woo! Thursday, so we will be back here tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Steven Universe is coming back around on its new day and time. It's going to be Thursday, September 1st at 8 p.m. And we will be back for that. And we will be back for Red vs. Blue in four weeks. Four weeks. Mark your calendars. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. I am an emotional time bomb! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 